Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the best ways to celebrate our lives is to focus on the universal force that brings meaning and joy to all of us, and that, of course, is magic. And that's why today's show promises to be both inspiring and magical. Our guest, Maya Toll, is the best-selling author of the Wild Wisdom series, which includes the Illustrated Herbiary and the Night School. Her already budding insights into magic, however, really took off in Ireland, where she spent time with a traditional healer, studying the growing cycles of plants, the alchemy of medicine-making, and the psycho-spiritual aspects of healing. In her just-released book, Letting Magic In, she shares her remarkable journey, and we are so lucky to have Maya joining us today to share all about it. Welcome, Maya. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is such a treat for me. And I also want to say at the onset that you are, including being an author, you're co-owner of the retail store Herbiary that is located in Asheville, North Carolina, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But I really want to begin, and we had a minute to talk before we went on air, by fanning out over your amazing (laughs) career as a successful author. It does not surprise me at all that you've had such great success and you're so well-beloved because your words themselves are magical. So I just want to say you are a true master of your craft, and it's such a joy to read your work. Thank you. That means the world to me. I I am one of those people who um, looks at every word and every sentence. I make my editors crazy, but there's there's a cadence to language, and I feel like when you can capture it, you can pull the reader into the flow, and that that's as important as the story you're telling. Well, and two, I mean, the illusions, and I will use a word that comes to mind to me, was evocative because it made me think of my own memories. It made me think of, you know, my imagination kind of ran well because the words are so rich. But we have a lot to talk about, so I'm going <laughs> to stop gushing a little <laughs> bit uh, to say that Letting Magic In is, uh, the subtitle is A Memoir of Becoming, and you actually divided it into three parts of your life experiences. So let's get the, our listeners involved right away by you telling us a little bit about your own transformation and your own personal journey of becoming. So I, th- this um, book is written about a period of my life, my late 20s into my early 30s. Um, it's really a- an incredible time in many people's lives. I've, I've gotten into asking people, what happened to you around 30, 33 you know, what was going on in your life? And um, I've noticed that people seem to start to go through some changes in their late 20s, and then there's some cataclysmic event in the early 30s. And so this book is written about that time period in my life. And I started as a primary school teacher, teaching at a private school in Brooklyn, um, and had, you know, just... That just gnawing dissatisfaction, there there was a lot in my life that was very good, but something was a little bit off. I wasn't quite right, and so I started questing and seeking, and my questing and seeking took me 
into more spiritual dimensions. I, I explored various spiritual, spiritual constructs and really found myself drawn into nature-based spirituality. Um, and that decision, that journey into that kind of thinking um, allowed me to make some really big changes in my life that I think I would have been terrified to make when I was thinking in other ways, when like my kind of construct of my universe was um, more linear. But I stepped into a cyclical way of thinking, and that really allowed me to um, put down some things I'd been working very hard to achieve, like a house and a stable job, um, and go off on an adventure. Like knowing that, you know, if it didn't work out, it was one cycle of my life. It was not that I put myself on a bad trajectory forever. I would spiral back around and something different would happen. You know, in this particular case, I kind of kept spiraling off um, from, that, from that trajectory point. But the change in thinking is what I was really trying to show in this book because that's what allowed for the change in life circumstance. Well, and two, I mean, even just like you were talking about that one change in the beginning of the section two, you you saw the house you wanted before it even became up for sale. I mean, you had magic yes. in your life all along. <laughs> I I have house magic. Um, I've always had house magic. I I know my houses, and I'm I'm pretty much always right. And so, yeah, I had seen this Victorian house up in Beacon, New York. I'd been living in Brooklyn where I couldn't afford a dang thing. And so I started looking um, up the Hudson River on the train line that was, that would connect me to New York and to my job in New York. Um, and I found this little old, at the time, run-down factory town. It is not that way anymore. Um, and we drove by a house. And I said to my real estate agent, oh, I wish that one was for sale. And she briskly said, well, it's not. They don't carry on. And uh, 10 days later, she, she called me and said, remember that house you wished was for sale? It's for sale. <laughs> oh, my. Well, and on that note, we're going to have to talk a little bit about the final section of the book because that, of course, is truly magical. Your time in Ireland, what led you there? And give us – I don't want to give away the whole story because we, of course, want our listeners to – Find out for themselves, but what are some of the highlights that you recall from that time? So, you know, for me, going to Ireland wasn't so much a decision. I'm I'm not of Irish descent. This hadn't been on my radar for years and years. Um, I saw that my life in Beacon, the town I'd moved to, was beginning to unwind. It was beginning to unravel. And because I had jumped into these kind of nature-based spiritual practices, I looked at that and thought, well, this is kind of like autumn, right? Like the leaves are falling off the trees. (laughs) Things are happening in my life that's showing me that things are kind of coming undone. And I realized that I had a choice in that moment, that the choice I had always made in the past was to try to keep things the same. You know, like the image I have in my mind is like trying to stick the leaves back on the trees. You will stay right there. And instead this time, I was like, you know what? What happens if not only if you let the leaves fall, 
But if you kind of choose to assist, if you go with it, if you step into this flow, and so I did. And I put my house on the market. I, I started consciously unwinding that life. And what I realized in that unwinding was nature abhors a vacuum, and I'm creating a giant vacuum. So I sat down and I made a list of everything I'd ever been interested in. Pottery, weaving, herbalism. And like the list was a page and a half long. Things that I just had never really had time to fully explore. And um, I knew I was going to have some money from selling the house. My, my little town had gotten a museum. One of the New York City museums had opened an outpost in Beacon, and all the housing prices had gone up significantly. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have more of a nest egg than I've ever had as an elementary school teacher. I can give myself some time off. I can explore some things on this list. And then I had a dream, and in the dream, which I talk about in depth in the book, um, I went to Ireland. And so I woke up the next morning, and, um, <laughs> you know, those of you who will remember the times before Google, also this day was my search engine of choice. And I typed in Ireland Plus pottery, Ireland Plus weaving, Ireland Plus herbalism, searching for um, a way to go to Ireland and, and learn one of these things that was on my list. And um, I kept getting a hit for this woman in Ireland who was a traditional herbalist. And she was very witchy. I mean, to the point where I had a little bit of that, like, oh, I don't know if this is for me reaction <laughs> looking at his website. Um, and I myself have become very witchy due to, due to my time over there. Um, but, at, you know, at the time, it was, it was a, like that little bit of fear. Like, what, what is this? And is this woman for real? Um, but she was, she was very much for real. She was in, an incredible herbalist. Um, her skill was in alternative medicine was phenomenal and I learned so much and, and like I learned so much that made me open my eyes to how I had just put myself on a track and followed along even though I thought I was a rebel but how much had kind of escaped my notice about the way we live and the institutions that we that we live with like western medicine um and so it really just expanded my, my way of thinking and changed everything. You know, when I, when I came home, I didn't go back to teaching elementary school. I actually taught at university um, in a couple of public health programs teaching botanical medicine because it just made a very deep impression on me. And I worked with local doctors and hospitals um, bringing more alternative medicine to the forefront as a support for uh, the, the other types of medicine that we're more used to. Wow, Maya. Well, thank you for sharing uh, some some of those insights that you gained. I mean, really, I, uh, as I said, not only do you, you know, share this amazing journey, but you do it in such a beautiful way. And I'm going to quote you here because I thought this is just a snippet of the way you write, but you wrote that we are taught that doctors know our bodies and priests know our souls. But what if you're a person seeking to understand both for yourself without an intermediary? What is the word for these feelings and the person we become when we honor them? It gives me goosebumps just to read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, 
writing is a separate skill from anything you're writing about. And I, I started this book in 2016. So it just, it, it takes time. It took all the other books to get to the point where I could write this one. Wow. All I can say, I mean, how how verbally <laughs> evocative is my word? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow is all I can say. The other thing I thought was so wonderful, and I think this is true for many people my age, boomers, uh, ask yourself, become the person you never knew you wanted to be, but perhaps always were. And I think uh, I do want to express to my audience um, that at our age, I, I truly believe that if we haven't found that yet our life lesson in the later stages of life is really to go back or maybe re-become or maybe re-recognize or finally become our authentic selves. So this book is a true, I don't want to say a roadmap, but because it's, you know, more your journey, but it's a way of opening our eyes and our soul to experience ourselves more fully. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because my hope for this book is that it's breadcrumbs. And that while each of us has a unique journey to finding our authentic self, a lot of the signposts along the way are the same. You know, we, we all have moments of doubt. We all have moments of wondering if we're sane. We have moments where we're, we're scared to step out of the, the cultural norms or our individual norms. And so my hope with this book, my hope in sharing my story is that people can see pieces of their own story reflected back. And that if they see a, a spot where they got stalled out, where they got scared, where they couldn't move forward, by seeing how I moved forward, they can begin to map their own way. Because it's never too late. You know, I believe that we re- recreate ourselves over and over and over again. I've done it so many times through my life. And it's, it's always thrilling and scary and lonely um, and so worthwhile. Yeah. Well, and too, I, I think sometimes, you know, again, when you get to be an older person, you can, you have a choice. You can kind of mourn, you know, your lost youth and, oh, I remember the days, blah, blah, blah. Or you can say, as you just did, this is an exciting time to rediscover and remake and really, you know, uh, return to that soul power or things that we, you know, may have forgotten. And I also want to point out, not only in the book, obviously you are an herbalist at this point, you've got your own store and you're an expert in the subject, but you give wonderful snippets about this plant is good for this and this is good for that. So there's wonderful aspects of the breed in that way too. And you're also a big believer in somatic knowledge. So tell us a little bit about somatic knowledge. And, of course, as we get older, we do have a few aches and pains. So I think somatic knowing is something we need to concern ourselves with. Yeah. So knowing things in your body, Um, as opposed to knowing things in your mind is really the the gist of somatic knowledge. I'm sorry, my my dogs just heard our generator turn on. Um, Well, and they are agreeing with you in full force. (laughs) They have their own somatic knowledge, we got to say. They have their own somatic knowledge, and they need to go attack that generator because it's like the dragon (laughs) in the yard. (laughs) So... You know, allowing yourself to know things through your physical being 
as opposed to through your brain is a really um, different way of experiencing life and one we're not used to, meditation can help with this because it can teach you to quiet your mind enough that you can feel into your body and move beyond, oh, this hurts, to, oh, wow, this started hurting when, you know, or this, this ache came in at the same time I was having an argument with my partner. Huh, I wonder what that means. And so you begin to see your body as an instrument of knowledge. Um, and from that place, you can often shift how you're going to treat an ache or a pain. Well, I just have to say, I, I loved your book. I really loved this conversation. And I know that our listeners are going to feel the same as I do. So you, uh, once your dogs have <laughs> finished barking at the generator, <laughs> but you have both a website and you have a newsletter. So please let our listeners know where they can find out more about you, your work, and, of course, get their own copies of your mini magical books. Yeah, so you can find me at my website, which is www.mayatoll.com, and um, you can sign up for my newsletter right from my website. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, And I do apologize for the dogs. I can't. The, the, the power. The power went out, so I'm glad I still have my phone. Um, but that's why, that's why they're losing their minds. <laughs> well, they have. Yes, they're trying to share something, and we have to give them credit for expressing themselves. <laughs> so, Maya, like I said, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. But do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? Because you are so expressive in verbally as well as in the written word. You know, I I think the thing that I always want to leave people with is trust yourself. Trust yourself. You know, we have sometimes a sense of things. We have a feeling in our gut or in our soul. And we've gotten so good at tamping those down, kind of just putting them to the side. They're inconvenient. Um, But there's so many adventures to be had if you can trust yourself and step off the well-worn track of your own life and into something new, no matter what your age. And Maya, you know, you did that. You shared that in this beautifully written book, Letting Magic In. And I have to say, I am ready to take a leap myself. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and sharing your incredible life experiences. Uh, And I, I really hope that, as you said, that each of us readers can find ways to let magic into our own lives. Because a lot of times that fear of holding on to what we, you know, blocks us from taking these wonderful experiences. So thank you again and I urge all of you listeners to check out Letting Magic In and check out also Maya's website and sign up for the newsletter. Believe me, I'm doing that once we get off the phone here. And just (laughs) to let you know, you might uh, really, the book can help you find your own inspiration, meaning, and some real magic in your life, no matter how many years you've lived on this planet. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.